Hello and welcome back to Oxford Eats. Today we were lucky enough to visit the brand new chickpea restaurant just off the high street. Founded by Will, who's the brains behind both Alpha Bar and Volts and Gardens, it offers Middle Eastern flavours at an amazing price point. It's really unique and Will's commitment to sustainability and the care that goes into his food is more than clear. It does taste amazing too, which always helps. I've no doubt that it's quickly going to become a student go-to for those quick, reliable, nourishing, tasty and good value lunches and dinners. So sit back, listen in and enjoy. So we're here in Chickpea, the new opening just off the high street um, in Oxford and we're sitting with, with one of the owners, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, I'm Will and um, I opened the Alpha Bar 24 years ago and the Vaults and Garden 20 years ago and my latest uh, project is called Chickpea in King Edward Street. I had no idea that you were the, the genius behind Alpha Bar and Vaults Garden and it's very funny because we've just tried the matcha and Lou was saying how the only other she really liked in Oxford, and <laughs> Great. So, so there you go. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass you back the the mic. I thought you could sort of tell me your story and how the restaurant here started, um, why the name Chickpea, what the ethos is behind it, that kind of thing. Thank you. Yes. Well, um, I had the idea for a long time to do a Middle Eastern um, inspired uh, cafe concept to take all the sort of ancient food, traditional food uh, cultures from uh, the Middle East, uh, which is very much vegetarian focused, and um, we've always been very, very much vegetarian focused. I was vegetarian and vegan for a long time, and um, the, the, the sort of the and ethos of vegetarian living is very, um, very important to me. And so uh, it was with uh, pleasure that we had this opportunity to take over the place in Edward Street and uh, create a Middle Eastern uh, fast food, but good quality, sort of slow food, slow fast food uh, takeaway um, with filled pitters and bowls. And uh, the name Chickpea really is sort of inspired by um, one of the key crops and food products of the Middle East, which is the chickpea, which um, um, is argued to be uh, the original manna from uh, from ancient times, um, and one of the foods that has evolved along uh, human civilization for literally tens of thousands of years. So, um, so it's kind of a nod to that, really, and um, and the fact that chickpeas are a very economical food and allows us to provide protein, nutritious food at an uh, economical price point. Um, and we source our organic chickpeas from uh, actually from Ukraine and Bulgaria, um, and we sprout them so that we soak them in water for um, 36 hours um, or more, so that um, they become activated and then they're cooked or made into, um, into flaffles. So, um, yeah, I think um, sustainability is very much at the heart of our uh, food concept here. And um, also to make it delicious and uh, interesting taste-wise. I think um, it's really interesting the whole Alpha Bar, Healthy Gardens contrast in a way because one of the things I love about Alpha Bar is that you've always got different dishes on the menu and I think it's ever changing. So 
animal seed covered market is a very high football area. Why did you want in particular, was it, did you always want it for a long time to have this kind of focus on the least inside? Um, and why not somewhere like the market? What do you think this site offers? Or is it just a case of where you can Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, the opportunity came up to run the empty unit on Nedford Street. It has uh, a basement office which has become our HQ, so that was one of the key reasons we chose to take this location because there's quite uh, a, a, a substantial basement office which was serving as our HQ for the whole catering operation for all our sites. Um, but also it's open in the evening and we've got some um, we can trade till 11 o'clock at night, whereas the cotton market is restricted. I know the cotton market is changing that, and they're going to be open in the evenings. But in some ways, the cotton market is a little bit of a warren, um, and you can get lost in there. Um, Alpha Bar, actually, the site where Alpha Bar is, is scheduled to be demolished as part of the cotton market development plans. And so they we're negotiating to get a new site for Alpha Bar. And um, one of my ideas actually is to change Alpha Bar to be a much more Southeast Asian uh, food focused um, outlet. And uh, that's inspired by my travels in Indonesia uh, around Bali. And if anyone's been around Bali, uh, the food cultures around Indonesia is, is um, there's a lot of vegetarian food like tofu and tempeh and, um, uh, and, and, and interestingly cooked vegetables. And so uh, we, were gonna, and we were actually opening another site on High Street. Oh my goodness! Which is, tell, uh, tell us, <laughs> uh, which is called Salsas, and that's very much Latin American. So that's going to be Mexican, um, Colombian, Caribbean fusion. So like the Caribbean rim is how I describe the food culture. So sort of food you get in um, Cuba, uh, um, Mexico, uh, Colombia uh, is going to be the focus there. So I've been seeing that site and getting really quite excited about it for a while and yeah. I was about to try and contact the owner of it to do an interview. Just we have. Um, so that <laughs> you is have absolutely done. fantastic and we'll definitely be going to try that when it opens. I think in a, in a practical sense, how do you balance your time between here um, and your, and your site to come as well? Um, do you plan on sort of rotating throughout the week or you know, what's the sort of... Well, I'm kind of like the uh, the sort of firefighter. I, I jump to wherever they need me most, and uh, I've got a very I'm very fortunate to have a very talented team of highly um, sort of inspired cooks and food servers who share my passion for traditional food. And we've got um, a lot of the team have been very well travelled. We've got a lot of people from Indonesia actually in the team from East Timor here in the kitchen. We've got um, quite a strong Latin American contingent. And um, I, I, from we're, we're all as a team quite well travelled and interested in cultures, traditional food cultures from around the world. And so you know we've, we've discussed the, um, the possibilities to open um, different uh, creative um, food establishments, and that's resulted in chickpea. So um, yeah, I'm very lucky to have a really strong team, um, and I support them wherever I need to support them. So I will be moving around between the Holton Garden. Uh, this site here, Chippee and Salsas and Alpha Bar, um, as, as I need to. But it is quite an intense part of my life, and uh, I'm very grateful for these opportunities, particularly after lockdown, which is a very difficult period for businesses. So, you know, we were doing nothing for a long time, and so in some ways, it's um, be careful what you wish for because it all comes true. Uh, and now I'm running around getting all these places up and running. But once they are all up and running, um, I plan to go travel.
amazing. It sounds like you travel a lot of parts. What's the one place you travel and you have to pick one and the cuisine that you've taken out of it and really love? Is it for that one? Is it Southeast Asia? Is it, you know, it's a very difficult question and um, I hate it when people ask me. It's, it's a sort of love affair with, with a lot of different um, cultures, but I think for me it would be um, Indonesia because of the diversity of food in Indonesia. You've got Bali, which is kind of like the melting pot for the whole of Indonesia, but then you travel to Sulawesi or Flores, which is uh, Komodo, the Komodo Islanders, and the cuisine is different, but there's a common root, and I find that fascinating. I think you could almost spend a lifetime traveling around Indonesia and not experience every nook and cranny, um, and that's quite an exciting opportunity for those who have the time and the means to do that. But um, I, um, I, I'm very excited about the unfulfilled um, uh, opportunity to create sort of um, Indonesian-inspired food concept, but let's not dwell too much on that yet until yes. it's come to fruition. Let's focus on chickpea, exactly what you guys are so we have quite a simple menu, although there's a lot of diversity. Um, essentially, um, we do the bowls, which are based on either the hot salad, uh, sorry, the hot food options. Um, today we've got roasted sweet potatoes, roasted uh, desiree, regular potatoes. We've got rice and lentils, and we've also got a hot tagine, which is like a slow cooked Arabic stew with um, broad beans, chickpeas, and uh, today we go with um, roasted uh, sweet potato, uh, uh, roasted butternut squash, and aubergine. Um, so we've always got some hot food options as we do at Alphabar and at the Boston Garden, uh, but there's a very strong Arabic Middle Eastern uh, menu theme there. So we've got the hot bowls, we've also got the salad bowls um, with lots of different salads and um, today we've got uh, pickled red cabbage, uh, tabouleh we've made with millet, so gluten-free um, tabouleh. The tabouleh is incredible. Thank you. Yeah, that's my favourite. Yeah, so continue. It's quite a simple dish actually. It's just the, the juice from the tomatoes with some olive oil and um, sea salt and lemon juice. Um, it's also so dry, I think, tabouleh. Yeah, no, definitely. And lots of herbs, so lots of fresh parsley chopped up very finely. Um, so we've got a really good selection of salads and a good selection of hot sides. And then um, the, the menu is basically either uh, falafels, which we make fresh in house. So we soak the chickpeas, we grind them on a uh, special grinder, um, so very finely ground up, and then we um, fry them in vegetable oil on a uh, fresh regular basis, so they're coming out to fresh. Um, and so it's all done in house. And then we also grill off uh, sheep's milk halloumi, which is we source from Cyprus at the moment. And um, we uh, that's basically it. So you can have lots of different sources. I think it's actually. The real excitement comes with the choice of sources you can have. It really does. I've had about six of them. <laughs> yeah, the sources include um, a, uh, something called zoog, which is like a coriander chili salsa, uh, which is a Yemeni uh, from Yemen um, uh, source. And uh, we've got one called amber, which is an Iraqi Israeli uh, pickled mango uh, source, which is uh, a little bit spicy and uh, very sort of. Um, a little bit sour, so it has a really nice sour flavour. And we've got some um, preserved lemon paste. Uh, we've got um, obviously hummus. We've got uh, lemon tahini dressing. We've got tzatziki with organic yogurt. Um, and th there's some other sauces as well. We've got um, a naga chili pickle uh, for those who like it really, really hot. Um, and uh, and lots of other sprinkles and things like pickled onions and. Um, 
uh, za'atar. So there's there's quite a lot of choice to personalise your dish. How receptive has the market been to this sort of Iranian-style cuisine? Because obviously, I think the British market now is well adapted to, to falafels and that offering. Yeah. But all the different really specialist things that you offer, are people excited to try them? What's the reaction? I think, as far as I can tell, people are very excited. There's nothing in Oxford uh, authentically really Middle Eastern. Um, and I see this as like, you know, the, the, the sort of second wave or third wave of like Middle Eastern food, which is really, really authentic. And we don't have a huge menu, and we definitely don't put things like, you know, I mean, chicken tikka mayonnaise, like, yeah. stuck in the menu. You, you know what I mean? Some, some places feel like they're obliged to keep the, 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 the mass, the demand for the mass is happy, and so we put in some regular products, but we're going to try and keep it strictly traditional. Um, and this is what I've noticed in London. Um, there's cafes and uh, pop-up street food places in London which are doing really authentic homemade food. And, um, and I've seen the same in Bristol and that's, uh, that's part of our inspiration to you know, confidently have quite a limited menu and very authentic. And I think people are very excited to, to come and try that. And um, we've had lots of regular customers. We've only been here for five days. Our first day was on Saturday. So this is our fifth day trading. And uh, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of interest and a lot of support so far. I'm amazed by how good it is in terms of time. Really interesting you talk about uh, the inspiration in London and, and Bristol and sites like that. Is there anywhere in particular in London, um, any particular street food vendor or food market um, that you really love to visit and where you see places like this that you sort of mirror? There's one in London called Pockets. You can check them out on Instagram. They're in, uh, they're in the market very near Hackney. Um, I mean, Hackney and um, uh, Hoxton is kind of the breeding ground of a lot of very, very creative street food um, uh, establishments. Um, um, the rents are relatively low compared to the West End or somewhere. Um, and there's a, a, a real fusion crossover in terms of the, the demographic there. You know, rather than someone like, I don't know, um, Park Royal or Acton, which is like very much, um, it's sort of, you know, it's very Arabic, you could say, but it doesn't have the mix. And um, East London has a real cultural mix of people. Uh, probably unique on the planet, actually. And I think that's where there's, um, there's a lot of innovation. And um, there's, it's, it's a very exciting food culture place. Uh, there's, there's a lot of places I haven't visited that I'd like to visit. If you use Instagram and, and look at pockets, there's one that's on there's, there's also one in Bristol called Eater Pitta, which is a sort of more Egyptian, I think he's Egyptian, the guy who runs that, and that, that's a different, slightly different take on it all. Uh, the Pockets is an Israeli chap, and um, he's uh, sort of champion. Oh, there's one in Stroud, actually, funny enough, which is uh, towards West Country, and that's called Falafel Mama, that's run by a sort of Palestinian. Uh, family, so there's there's some very interesting places in England if you if you look. And um, talk to me about the the vegetarian community as a vegetarian, because in your other restaurants you're very keen to well, you offer different meat options. But I know speaking to you, you're keen to keep this side in particular. Um, why is that? And why because um, I think vegetarian, uh, vegetarian food and, and a more vegetarian and plant-based focused diet is, is the future. Um, and I think uh, I, I still eat meat. And I think it's still a part, you know, still plays a part in a sustainable uh, culture and economy. But I think we need to be much more focused on having more meals which are vegetarian and vegan. And so um, 
I think, you know, if we're eating meat once or twice a week, that's much better than having it twice a day. Um, so to create a, uh, a sort of very appetizing um, and, and delicious vegetarian option, I think that's, that's something we're really committed to. And that sustainability picture, how does that build out through other um, well, we try to source as much as possible uh, locally. We, we use um, a grower in uh, Oxfordshire called uh, Water Organic Garden and also um, uh, Hampton Gay Farm, which is just near Kidlington. And they grow a lot of seasonal organic vegetables, so we use a lot of their ingredients. Um, and we, we, we try to use as much as possible seasonal vegetables as, uh, as a sort of mainstay of our ingredients. Um, and in terms of the way we prepare our food, we try to do quite streamlined recipes and, and preparation to reduce the energy demand. So we're very much committed to low low, low carbon cooking, if you like, um, to um, to have a minimal impact on the environment. But um, yeah, the chickpea is. Um, it is, for example, a super drought-tolerant crop, which um, organic chickpeas don't require to see any fertilisation. They don't require any fertilisation uh, from, from chemical means, and that's a very important part of, of our menu here. So chickpeas uh, are definitely a very sustainable food crop, and that's why we've chosen that as our name. Um, but, but that does fill out to other ingredients, and you know, lots of parsley and millet, which is another uh, important ingredient on our menu. Um, which uh, are all quite sustainable food crops. So one final question before we take up any more of your time. And that's about your coffee mugs and your sweet treats that you have got here. I'm really struck by the value of your coffee. I mean, the value proposition as a whole is really good, but especially for your coffee, which is comparing to even a high street chain. How are you managing to our coffee comes from an organic shade-grown coffee estate in Colombia, which I've actually visited. Uh, Ori from the roasted for us, and he's got to, um, and he's been looking after us at a really good price. Um, but also, we think that there is a very good margin of coffee anyway, even if you're buying good quality coffee beans. So we try to pass that on to the customer. Um, and uh, our coffee, and uh, we do matcha latte. Chai latte and various other teas, um, but I'm very passionate about coffee, which is grown ecologically. And our coffee is actually grown in a um, fully shade-grown, biodiverse forest ecosystem um, at a farm called Al Palapo in uh, San Hill in Colombia. And I visited it. Actually, my wife is Colombian, so that helped me to visit it. But that was a very inspiring place. And we've been buying from them for about seven years. So we've had a lot of commitment to buy. And I said to Ori, we're going to buy that coffee for as long as we import it, which has given him confidence to keep importing it. So that's a real um, sort of sustainable partnership going on there. Thank you, thank you both for coming in and um, spread the word and tell your friends. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you get a chance to visit us soon. Thanks so much again to Will for having us. As I'm sure you can tell, his passion and dedication really is extraordinary. My personal favourite dish was a tagine. But I must say the squash and falafel were amazing too. And the amount of different sauce on offer is so unique. Also, a shout out to the orange polenta cake that we tried after recording. That really is dreamily moist and light and is gluten free of course as well. 
Get yourself down to Chickpea as soon as possible for some nourishing and tasty food that is truly unique and at an unbeatable price point. I promise you, it is better than that kebab van. <laughs> Thanks a lot, and tune back in next time for more Oxford Eats.